following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. And man, has it been a day already. Woo. Before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, everybody. Boy, oh boy, was it a start. You had to see him. He was hysterical. He turned ruby red. I thought he was going to have a stroke and blow up blood out of his head because he couldn't get something to work. And he's screaming loudly. And I have my earplugs in. And I yelled at him. I said, stop screaming. And he told me to shut the fuck up. I oh. mean, really, now, do I need this kind of abuse? That is abuse. Wow. First of all, Chad, for some reason. Shut up. I don't even get paid. We didn't do anything to this computer. We didn't even touch it yet. All the settings were wrong. It's we a, didn't even it, turn it on. It's those yes. bad spirits you guys are bringing home from those haunted places. Why don't you bring down the camera a little bit? I got too much headroom. All right. Yeah, too much Too much heads. Whoever How's that? Better? Like that. Thank you. Lovely. Okay. What's up, chat room? We got a fun show for you guys today. We have uh, Emmy winner Bill Oberst Jr. coming on the show, and then we've got Christopher Sluka from Sluka, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have to call him in just a minute. What's um, that white thing right there? That's the pole over here that I can't get rid no, of. No, 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 no. That's a pole on your side, but yeah. between us, what's the white just thing? Just push the camera oh, that, no, a little that, bit. That's just an arrow here. That's the arrow. Oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the mouse arrow. That was the mouse arrow. Oh, my word. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's going on. What's up, chat room? We got Drew King in the chat room. I'm sorry. Hi, I Drew. Who's in the chat room, so I don't know. Say hi to Danae for me. Send him love and kisses. We have Illy Roos from uh, uh, Estonia. We have, I think, Meg, Dave Hughes from the UK, Naomi Jacobs. Uh, let's see. We want to give a shout-out to Iris. She's not in the chat room. Her mother, unfortunately, is in the hospital, so we oh, want to send shit. some love to Iris. Um, That's a bummer. I'm not sure who else is in the chat room, but... Well, whoever's in the chat room, hi, 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 hi. Hi. (laughs) Give me more highs than that. There you go. (laughs) What a day. Oh, and did did we introduce you, Chad? We got the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. What's up, Chad? What's going on, fellas? Good to have everything worked out here. How you doing? Me- meanwhile, Chad Murphy, you're all over my Facebook page. Really? Thousands of pictures of you in a cowboy hat with your girlfriend. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember That's those. Sexy one of you mm-hmm. sitting on a uh, a stool with a guitar. Very sexy picture. Yeah. So everybody g- go into Facebook and look at Chad. Tells you where he's playing and what he's doing. 
It's about time he puts that handsome mug on the freaking screen. How he does- didn't know that you've been on there forever, Chad, because the other day he saw all these pictures of you going in this Facebook thing, and he's like, look, Chad's on Facebook. I didn't know Chad was on Facebook. I thought he was. I didn't think he was on Facebook. He's not actively on Facebook, let's just say. Well, I mean, a- how many years am I doing this for Cock the Show? And I never knew you were on Facebook. If I knew, I would have, you know, are, are you my friend on Facebook? How about that now? Now you got me of what, in my undies with a cowboy hat? How'd, how'd those pictures get out? Well, was he undies, in his undies? Yeah, but you had an erection. That's what oh, made it vulgar. Yeah. Man. I mean, if you were, if you were flaccid, you know, it would have been okay. But eleven inch erection. I mean, come on, <laughs> you you could play the guitar with that thing. Going to do a better job of locking those up. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got some guests coming up. Who we got? Um, we've got Bill Oberst Jr. coming on. Gonna, is he calling in yet, or are we going to call him? We can call him. You can play music if you want, or if you've already talked to him, we can just call him. No, we can give him a ring. You know, I All hate right. this shirt. It looks like a pajama top. No, it doesn't. Oh, it does so. It looks it's, nice. It's, it's a pretty. Ralph Lauren, too, that faggot. It's nice Look flannel. Look what he did. Ra- Ralph Lauren made a pajama top. It's, it's like a nice flannel, though. It's beautiful. No, but soft. it looks like it should have p- pajama bottoms. Hey, everybody in the chat room, too. Hope everybody's doing okay, and life is good with you guys. Hopefully, uh, we're going to have a smooth rest of the show, and things will go nice and easy. And then you'll be nice to me. You won't be so hysterical mean. You get like tizzy, tizzy, lizzy. Well, I mean, you get crazy. you got to see yourself. Talk about... It doesn't matter. It listen, was I, I, I had, two minutes after three. I was freaking I out. Once, I once was in a show, and this queen couldn't find her wig. <laughs> And they're out, this true story, they're out there saying, and now the fabulous Jane Russell and Mitzi Monet. And Mitzi Monet was crying and screaming and jumping up. And down, I can't find my wig. I can't find my wig. I can't. I said, go out there like, you know, make believe you're getting chemo or something. Go out. And she wouldn't go out. So I grabbed a flower pot that was, you know, a display. And I said, put this on your head upside down. And she did. We'll have to put Skype on our phones for a backup because I don't have no, Skype she went on, out on She went <laughs> out on the stage with an upside-down flower pot on her head. There you go. But she was nuts anyway. She looked like a woman. This one was born. I mean, she was born to be a woman. Everything, she didn't even need to do makeup. I mean, her hair pulled back in her ponytail. She was abroad. She'd go in a gas station. They'd say, yes, ma'am, how many? Collins, do you want? So okay, so you're gonna go ahead and call him, Chad. Well, let's rock a song, and so while we're in, the, you can uh, j- do all the uh, the the what do you call it technical stuff while that's going on. All right, everybody. So let's do. Um, when do I do my um, big announcement? Let's do our. Let's do Thaddeus <laughs> Gonzalez Silver inside. Wait, wait, wait. When do I be- do my big announcement? When is that, Ron? Tell us. Well, I you know I fighting ageism. Uh huh. Oh no, let's do the big announcement after the guest because we're after like late. After the guest, that's true. Okay. Okay. Because um, we're late and uh, and he's got things to okay. do too. So okay. let's do Thaddeus Gonzalez Silver inside, everybody. This is Thaddeus Gonzalez. We're going to be coming back in one second with our guest, Bill Oberst Jr. Woo, let's go.
There you go, Jimbo. All right, everybody. So that was uh, that was uh, Thaddeus Gonzalez, Silver Inside. And uh, before we get going, we're gonna like. Uh, there you go. Now he's a little bit more in the center. We're gonna like just say something, Bill. We'll, we're gonna do another intro once we know everybody can hear you. You hear me now? There you go. We can hear you now. Um, oh. All right. All right. Oh. Oh, there's Center. the jack-o'-lantern. I love that. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Emmy winner and phenomenal actor Bill Oberst Jr. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Very well, thank you. I was going to actually introduce him, too, so you know who everybody is. So this is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. He knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> We chatted before this. Then we have the man behind the boards uh, that you can't see, but you can hear. That's Mr. Chad Murphy. Hey, Bill. Nice props. <laughs> I like and that. Let me explain to your uh, viewers. I'm not in bed. This is uh, Fox. He's a little Dotson, and he just had some back surgery. Uh-huh. So the only way to keep him from being really antsy and whiny is to be close to him. So that's why we're down here. We would do that, too. Uh, we would see, have but to I thought too. you were in bed, and I was kind of hoping you were going to have sex with some gorgeous woman <laughs> to make our show a little more interesting oh, than it's Lord. been over the last if, Ever years. done that? You know, I mean, we could use some spice on this show. It would be nice <laughs> if you were banging some gorgeous broad and we had the camera. I wouldn't mind looking at that. What's <laughs> it to you? <laughs> what? That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> then we also have a chat room full of people, so say hello to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. There you go. We have people from all over. We've got England, Estonia, Germany, United States, like pretty much like everywhere tuning in. You have a lot of fans. Australia. And uh, you have a lot of fans, and everybody loves having you on. Um, So, you guys, first of all, if you want to follow Bill on Twitter, follow at Bill Oberst Jr. It's B-I-L-L-O-B-E-R-S-T-J-R for Jr. And we want to welcome you to the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I, I want to start out by saying, first of all, like congratulations on winning an Emmy. Yeah, um, that's like a really big deal. And uh, where'd you put it? Uh, up on a shelf. Everybody in LA has an Emmy. You go to the grocery store and <laughs> you check. Like, oh yeah, I got an Emmy. <laughs> that's like years ago. Everybody had a script in their back pocket. Yeah, they still do. Now, still now do. You meet them in the street. I've got a script for you. Guy got run over one day. He said, "Get the script out of the back of my pocket. <laughs> I don't want blood on it." I love it. Anyway, so um, I, well, I actually though, because uh, I watched yesterday just for fun to watch it again. I watched the uh, the blood relations episode, um, the of Criminal Minds. Yeah, and uh, I had forgotten because I saw it a long time ago, and I'm a huge Tobin Bell fan. And the fact that you were in it, Adrian Barbeau, I know, and I think you know Adrian. Oh Barbeau my, too. Adrian Barboobs. Of course, I know Adrian. <laughs> I taught to her. Every, you know, I see her all the time when i'm out in la palm springs and i once said to her something about i call i said we have a nickname for you adrian bar boobs and she looked at me she said well i figured that ron <laughs> i said well listen when you were on that Maud show when you were dancing in that little bra and you were shaking those tits all over the place what'd you think people weren't looking she said well i said well nothing you got and they're real and she's adorable and i love adrian She's a, a very nice girl. So he hasn't seen it, but he did. Wait, anyway, she was writing four books at the time. She's become quite a writer. Have you seen her lately? I last saw Adrian about two months after we shot the piece. She is a fantastic dramatic actress. She has tears in the scene with me. Every take, she had the tears, and they were real. Sure, Every- because her brazier is killing her. 
<laughs> holding up those knockers on the shoulders. She must have deep welts and burns. That's why she's crying. Not because she's an actress, because her tits are killing her. Anyway, I love no, her. No, so he see her a, again. He say he hi for me. Though. He hasn't seen it. So he was in an episode of CSI. He got voted like one of the most notorious serial killers in, uh, not Criminal Minds, not CSI, I'm sorry, in Criminal Minds history. I think, what are you, like number 11 or something, right? Yeah, on a list of 14. My guy's one of the few that are still alive. Most of them have been killed, you know. Right. Well, considering, though, that there's like 17 or 15 seasons or something of CSI, though, like in a million episodes, to be number 11 is actually like a big deal. Well, winning an, 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 an Emmy. No, you just blew my joke. Oh. A friend of mine was up for an Emmy. I won't give you his name. And he lost. He said, well, who wants the enemas anyway? <laughs> You gotta like he love. called them the enemas instead of the Emmys. That's called a sore loser, boy. And he's a pretty big actor now. I won't give you his name. But he works a lot. So I have to tease him when I see him and say, hey, have you been up for any enemas lately? So first, so first of all, you have to be like one of the busiest guys in Hollywood. And I have a, I have a question. Like, when did you actually start acting? Because you, you told us uh, when we were like signing in that you were a DJ. Like, you haven't really been doing it that long, right? I've been acting all my life. I was a DJ in high school and college. Um, so I've been acting professionally for 27 years. The first 17 of those were on stage on the East Coast. I was strictly a stage actor, and that's how I made my living. And then I just kind of fell into doing TV and film. Okay. Because uh, I looked, I looked on, your, on your IMDb, your first credit is in 2007, which is 10 years ago. Uh, I think, and I was like, "Oh my God, how does somebody do 178 films in 10 years?" And like, and like, I would say like 80 percent of them, you're like the number one top star in like all, like you're the first one listed on the IMDb credit on like most of them. And I was like, in 10 years, you know, like that's some resume um, to put together. And you're such an icon. Ron doesn't really watch horror movies, but that's my favorite genre. And so like, I I, I see everything that's in horror, and you've worked with all the different like icons of horror, and you are an icon of horrors. So I freaking like love it. But like 178 movies in 10 years is a lot. I like to work, you know, and that's <laughs> business. If you're a working actor, you just have to keep working and working and working because it's Absolutely. like dating. People only want you if somebody else wants you. And also, movies are a factory. You know, everybody thinks it's a glamorous job. I mean, yeah. I, I hate making movies. When I make a film, it's hard work. You got to yeah. do the same shit over and over again. They don't like this. Then the bulbs blow or something goes wrong. And then <laughs> your stomach is growling. And they say, we can hear your stomach, Russell. It's growling. Well, feed me, goddammit. And I can go back on the set. So it's really not fun. And it is a factory. Now, question. Do you miss the boards? Because after you're on the boards all those years, film stinks. Don't you miss the audience, the applause, the excitement, the, the nervous He still break, does it. The nervous breakdown before you go on. I love live. I've done live most of my life. He still does it. And are, you, are you him? Are, are you going to answer him now, Jim? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking to him if you don't mind. Uh, very much so, yes. And that's why I still do stage. I have a one-man show of a Ray Bradbury piece. It's one of his short stories. It's called Ray Bradbury's Pillar of Fire. I just debuted it off-Broadway, and I tour with it whenever I can because I do love, love the stage. Angela Lansbury told me, uh, film is wonderful. She enjoys it. She said, but Ron, there was nothing like doing stage. I said, but Angela, didn't you get tired of every night? You did, you did like 108 performances of MAME. Wasn't it exhausting? She said, no, because we switch it every show. It's a little different. 
We That's just right. do it a little bit different to make it more interesting. But she's 150, and she wants to get back on the boards. And she's a brilliant, you know who she is, Angela Lansbury. Of course. May, yeah. may I give you my analogy of the difference mm. between stage and film? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. Stage is a blind date. You're meeting a collective lover, that you, a potential lover, that mm. you've never met before. And you have to kind of feel your way. And you don't know if it's going to end in a goodnight kiss. You don't know. But on camera, that is a voracious, hungry lover ready to go. And you have to have the goods because if you don't look at it the way it wants you to look at it, it'll look somebody somewhere else. So that's the difference. One is sort of a seduction and one is the camera saying, you know what I want. Let's go now. But the camera makes it so perfect, which makes me not thrilled. I'm not happy with film. Uh, give me live theater because I love the imperfections. Yeah. I love the dropping of the coffee cup and it's not in the script. And then the way the actor quickly says, oh, I hate this coffee cup. It always falls. You know, those sort of things are what make theater so alive because you actually feel like you're with these people on stage in their home, part of their family. Whereas film, people are picking their nose, they're eating, they're rolling all over the sofa or the movie theater. <laughs> You know, it's garbage. But theater, to, I'm a New Yorker, so theater to me is still the ultimate uh, form of art. We should brag for you, too, real quick, and let, let everybody know. No, so, I want to hear the plays he's no, wait been a second. in. What so, have you been in, in The theater? latest stage show, Ray Bradbury's Pillar of File, he won Best Los Angeles Solo Show, because I guess that means it's a one-person show, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it opened off-Broadway and did very well. And do you have – where do people get to go see that? Or, like, do you post that on your website or something where people – next time you're going to be doing it? It's on my site. I tour it whenever I can. And my, my dream stage project I'm working on now is a portrayal of Ray Bradbury himself, authorized by the family. I love Bradbury because Bradbury gives people hope. He gives people optimism that we're going to make it and that we're not going to stay in this cesspool that we are currently in. And I want to do something that gives people hope, unlike film, in which I generally play necrophiliac clowns and psychopaths. No, oh, see, I, that, 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 you know, I have, I, I'm a snob because I was in a dreadful film not long ago. I played a cop from Brooklyn, Tough Cop. And the film was such a dud, and it was stupid the way they did it. The monster was ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing was just a garbage pail. And I'm so upset about it. I'm so embarrassed that I was in it. But I did it because Jimmy kept saying, he's a friend of ours, do it. He needs an actor. No one else in the film was an actor. He pulled him off the streets. <laughs> I was the only one. Now, I'm playing opposite a guy who's supposed to be upset, okay, because this monster. And I read my line to him like, well, do you believe there's a monster? Something like that. And he said, well, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he was dead. He should have played the monster. So film, you can't burn. You know, theater, if you bomb one night, people forget. But film goes on and on and on. <laughs> and you know, film used to disintegrate back when it was nitrate. I but know. Digital, it's forever. It stays forever. And guess what? People are still buying that disgusting film. Friends of mine bought it just to make fun of me and have fun with it. They bought it to laugh at, and they're laughing at, I had, at the film. I had bought like 10 copies of it, and uh, thinking that it was going to be good, and we would want to have copies to give people, and I ended up selling them all on eBay. And then I mean, they talk about them. a traitor. I mean, I wanted to do like I Love Lucy did in one of her skits, where something came out in the newspaper, she went down to the newsstand and bought every copy. That's what I, I wanted to do. You remember that? 
But anyway, so, so bo- let me go a, bo- back to a bomb on film lives forever. Actually, you have a couple bombs, Bill. You have mostly good ones, but you do have a couple that weren't. Like, I, I, I used to be pretty friendly with Lance Henriksen because uh, I used to go to the conventions, and I used to be a clothing designer, and I would dress him. And, and one day, the first time I met him, I was like, oh, this one movie you did, Sasquatch. I was like, dude, that was like the biggest bomb ever. And I, he's my favorite like actor. I see everything he's in, whether it's good or bad. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, I had to make my alimony payment. <laughs> you know what? You just spoke a lot of truth, man, because people always say, like, well, especially to A-listers, you know, it's bullshit. Why did you choose this role? Or why did you decide? The answer is always the same. Yeah, yeah right. I got, I got $100 a day. <laughs> okay? I could do better giving manicures to the homeless. <laughs> I could make more money. So also, you guys, if you want to know when Bill's going to be playing, uh, doing the next thing of Pillar of Fire or anything else, you can go to Bill Oberst. Dot com. The junior's not in that, so it's www.billoberst.com. Um, so you're a, you're a, a horror icon. And wait, wait, before we go down that road, let me finish off what I wanted to do. Bill, tell me all the theater that you've done. I want to know if I've seen you on stage. I must have. Um, well, I've done one-man shows for a long time. I really get off on recreating history, so I did JFK up in Connecticut, New England, for the JFK Library. I did that for nine years. I've done Mark oh. Twain, like everybody else, Copy and Hal Holbrook, but having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and a Southern writer named Louis Grizzard, who was very famous. I've toured that around the South since 1999, and that still does really, really well. And now I'm working on the Bradbury pieces. Oh, oh also, I portrayed Jesus on stage in his own words, for like 13 years because I'm fascinated by how people react to ancient languages, particularly to scripture. Wow. So you've never been on Broadway? No, no, no. The closest I've ever come is doing this off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. Yeah. I, you know what? I like better. I like off-Broadway better, to tell you the truth, because I once went to see my friend Barbara Rosenblatt, who's the queen of voiceover, by the way. She did the Barbara Streisand uh, life story on Audio book, audio yeah, book. so she was she was too. playing uh, uh, an Irish mother, whatever, and we went up to this, in, it was like Third Avenue, we went up to this tenement, and we go into this broken down apartment where there's a broken down sofa, and we sat on the broken down sofa, and people were sitting all over the place, and the show went on. It was wonderful. I mean, I loved it. I, I kept telling Barbara, if only the spring wasn't hurting my ass, I would have enjoyed the show much better. <laughs> But anyway, that's the kind of theater I like. Me too. I, that's the kind I like, of theater I was always in. I like theater that's small and really, really Me intimate. Too. Closer, the better, because then you can't lie. You can't exactly. lie right no. up right. Yeah. Yeah, but you know how easy it is to act when the audience is close? Because you can open your eyes for a shocked expression and they see it. It's not like when you're on the stage, you've got to do a whole, whoa, kind of a thing so it is easier working an intimate room but new york city not any longer but in the years back i mean paul newman joanne woodward i mean who goes to the the cherry lane theater and sees them performing you couldn't and but back then that's who was there they were starting off everybody was new new back in the early 60s yes. uh, i loved it i loved it i miss it Mr. Do you terribly. sing? Do you sing too? Do you do musicals at all, or, or uh... I have a serviceable tenor. Okay. You know, not <laughs> not great, but I would sing. There's a couple of films that I did a little singing in, but no musicals. No. Look at this face. You don't want this in a musical. Sure, you do. Why not? Why not? 
Only if it's killing somebody, you know? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're like a, a very dear friend of ours who is, I think, stunningly gorgeous, but he thinks he's homely and ugly, and he's bald. And I, Should we give his name? I don't know who it is. You know who it is. We just spoke to him. I don't know who he's it is. He's no longer with his girlfriend. Oh, no, don't. No, We're you not going to no, use his name. No, you can't use his name, especially anyway, now that you just told him that they just not did it with his girlfriend. No, I, we, we think he's <laughs> stunningly handsome. But they always put him in film as a killer. Oh, yeah. He plays always. I mean, he plays big movies, like movies with Jason. What's his just name? Just like him. Just yeah, yeah. And we can't get him to say that he is sexy. He's a sexy Yul Brenner. He's like kinda, six foot four, and he always a, plays the hitman. Like, and a body of death because he's guy. a health freak, and he works out, and he teaches people how to exercise. And he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, he is I mean, he, we love him. And well, there no, makeup artists, all the time the makeup artists tell me that the nice guys are the ones who play the bastards. And the a-holes are generally the ones who play the, the romantic nice beasts. Yes, yes. <laughs> I believe that, actually. Well, yeah, I have, I have, to, have to agree with that. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little. Okay, so first of all, I want to say, too, congratulations. You won the first, well, ever, the first ever Lon Chaney Award, which is, like, super cool. And, you know, one thing I found, because I've seen most of your movies, um... Just because I'm a horror movie fan, so whether they're a good one or not such a great one, I've probably seen all of them. Um, but one thing I didn't know until I looked you up is that, uh, you know, everybody thinks that you're like this like horror icon and stuff, but but I don't think people know that you do movies for like, you've done stuff for like the Hallmark Channel, and you did a movie called Princess and the Pony, and you did the Three Dogateers, and you did, I mean, these are like not the kind of things that when I think Bill Obers Jr., I think, you know, happy-go-lucky family films and i was shocked to see it and i thought it was really really cool i just voiced an animated pig for a kid's movie and i love doing that stuff that's really that's more fun neat, that's fun but yeah. my face is more uh killer so my whole acting technique you know i don't think so but that's what he gets cast i think as, you i think you would have been wonderful and Ron english we're doing english today finnegan finnegan's rainbow Phineas, well, oh, why like am that. I screwing that up? Help I me know. with it. Yeah. Because you look so Irish. Thank you. That, that you could play a person in a pub that's got a good character role. I mean, you, you I don't I don't see you as a horror person. Well, thank I you. Know, I, 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 I love don't know your horror movies, but I could see you as a John Wayne kind of guy because you look a little bit like John Wayne. You've got his nose. And I think you could do that. Get away from the horror. Who the hell wants horror? I hate that shit. I love it. Ah, but but let me say that from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> the two surefire genres, if you're a distributor, internationally, the two surefire genres are one, family values, and two, horror. They're yep. right yeah, but I, I, I get off at horror stuff, you know. They offer me horror I stuff. I love the horror Because I make a good vampire. But uh, I played a vampire with Vincent Price. Did it, you? Oh, sure, I did. In 1962 or three, we all ran down Hollywood Boulevard, Vincent Price also, because sun was coming up. It was, it was the end of the film. And uh, the sun was going to kill all of us that he already drank. You know, we were vampires following him. And I remember sitting on the curb with Vincent Price. And he looked at me and he said, can you believe where the fuck I wound up? He said, sitting on the curb on Hollywood Boulevard, just like that. And I said, listen, you're a star no matter where you are, Vincent. You're a star no matter where you are. What a story. It's a great story. It's going in my book that I'm writing about my celebrities. You know, I had a big show in California. I used to interview the legends, the yeah. biggest. 
Cliff Roberts and Jane Russell, Lauren Bacall, all, Betty Davis, all the big stars. So I knew them all. You're writing a book? Yes, I am. I'm I wonder. Well, it's going to be very interesting because I'm 77 years old and I've been in the film business or in our business for 53 years. And I've done everything from impersonating Jane Russell on the stage and drag to making movies. I mean, to sweeping the floors in theater. You know, I've done everything. Were you a good Jane Russell? Absolutely. Oh my God, gorgeous. Phenomenal. Totally. And she was my dearest friend, you know, for years. Really? Oh yeah, Jane and no, I. No, he's a beautiful Jane go Russell. On my, go on my Facebook page; you'll see pictures. He's no, literally, he was beautiful, Jane <laughs> Russell. I he, really was. He, I impersona was young. he impersonated her in nightclubs, in straight nightclubs, for oh, many, oh, many years all over the country. I played. Did all you like doing the Cross Your Heart bra commercials. The, the, you know, Jane and I. Jane never liked that. Uh, she said to me one time, I, somebody had said, we were in a restaurant, someone came over and said, oh, aren't you the bra lady? And she'd say, honey, I'd like to think of myself as a little more than a bra. You know, she kind of got annoyed with it. And she was annoyed with everybody commenting on her boobs. And even an interview I saw the other day when I was flipping through YouTube, they said her 38 C's. I asked Jane Russell in our interview, what size bra were you in 1940? And she said a 36B. That's all she was. She was not a big-breasted woman. Wow. Just the way Howard Hughes hung him out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she resented the fact she would have liked to have been... She didn't mind being called gorgeous and one of the most beautiful women in the world in, the, in the early 40s and the most photographed. No other star was ever photographed as much as Jane Russell. She yeah. liked that, but she didn't like the boob stuff because this, it wasn't true. This is Brandy, too, by the way. Hey, Brandy. <laughs> Say hi to the other kids. Say hi. Huh? Yes. Yeah, all our yeah. dogs are rescues. Yes. Say to that little dog. We got her in Florida. Who, you wish that's his back. box down here. He's asleep now, which is yeah, good. Yeah, that's nice. So, so but if also, he saw Brandy, he'd wake up. So one of the, the She's other pretty. look how pretty she is. Okay, so one of the She's other a blonde, cool... a white blonde. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you guys are great. We do that all the time. We're married. We're married, We're married We're so married. we fight all the time. We're legally married. We got married in New York five years ago. I'm looking for a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> so you can legally fight. Our, yeah, legally yeah, fight in our legal. I'm looking our, to get rid my of birthday him. is October fifteenth, so that's our fifth year wedding anniversary because we got married on my birthday. And I'm seeing a lawyer on the sixteenth. <laughs> So, so tell me how it was, because like, okay, so you did all these horror movies, but you also did The Secret Life of Bees, which was like a huge film. Dakota yes. Fanning, Queen Latifah, Jennifer Hudson, Alicia Keys, Paul Bettany. Is Paul Bettany kind of nice? Paul Bettany is very nice. Uh, Jennifer Hudson was in the backseat of my patrol car, all beat up with a blanket over her. Somebody putting blood on her. And she had just, just really started, and she'd won American Idol. And I had to turn to her and say... You know, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I loved you on America. <laughs> she was really great. And Dakota Fanning is the only actress I've ever worked with who can text right up to the second and then produce real tears on cue. I mean, <laughs> the second they say action, the phone goes under her thigh. <laughs> And there's the tears. That's because she's so young, though, and young people are so like in tune to being able to do that. I think because like Maybe. I mean, she's a superstar. You gotta it's like true. love now, it. You know, now if they offered me a major script. Say the lead, let's make believe, okay? I couldn't do it. I turned it down because I don't remember lines anymore. No? No. Jane had the but same you, problem. You, you card. Um, I, worked I, with, I worked with Robert Loggia. You know Robert Loggia? Yeah, very Sure, well. I do. Cool. I, I knew him. 
he played Apostle Peter, and I was the devil in his cell telling him he's going to hell. And he had cue cards the whole movie, and he did wonderfully. Yeah, there but when go. you have cue cards, it's not the same as when you have memory. Cue cards sometimes can come off like you're reading or you're looking for the card. Uh, it's, it hinges your performance. Um, I don't. Rem I can. Re I make them up. <laughs> you know, like if the line is "He shot me in the head last week," I'll say, "Yeah, I got shot last week in the head." <laughs> it's okay. the same same thing. It's just the way I speak, and they don't care for that. The directors don't care for it. <laughs> Indie directors don't mind. Most yeah, everybody indie. on indie films will change the lines. So how was doing The Secret Life of Bees? Did you enjoy it? Because that was such an all-star cast. And I think, I mean, now that that film is out, like, because now, like, Jennifer Hudson's a huge star. Then she was kind of starting out. Now she's like an Academy, cool. you know, Jennifer It was Hudson. a lot of fun. But the more fun projects to do are the lower budget. On the higher ones, there's such stress, you know, and there's such tension. Yes. Because they got to make their day and so much money's involved. You have more fun on a lower budget film. So what's one of your lower budget films that you think is like the most fun that you've had on? Well, I did a film called Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Yeah, versus Zombies. Oh. I saw that. We're <laughs> the play asylum, and we had a hell the of comedy, a comedy, right? We had a great I played Lincoln. <laughs> and we had a tremendous I got to do the Gettysburg Address in a zombie movie. That was fun. <laughs> what next? <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's like a oh, lot of come fun. On. I've seen a few of these things because of Jimmy. And I thought to myself, it looks like an eight millimeter home movie of nineteen fifty-four. The acting is atrocious, the scenery, the photography, the cameras shaking, the the way they pan around a room a hundred miles an hour. I mean my reviews. But it's everything you're not supposed to do. You know, I, my first movie was with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter called That Kind of Woman. And I was an extra. I was a soldier. And I learned professionalism of the 1959 film. I mean, yeah. they did it. They did it. And there was a million people on the set. Now you go on. There's four people. And the guy's got a handheld camera. <laughs> and there you go. We got a movie. So, right. okay. Actually, though, Bill does independent movies. But when he says low budget independent, he doesn't mean low budget like the one that we did. <laughs> Oh, that's not even the budget. Yeah, we're talking about twenty. We're talking about like twenty thousand dollars. What was the budget on that? I don't know it was like twenty thousand dollars. I thought fifteen thousand. I don't know. Whatever. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I'm talking about like a hundred, hundred fifty grand film. Okay, there you go. Oh, that's, that's a little decent. bit better. Well, look, look at uh, the the original. Um, what's the horror movie I'm looking for? Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Sixty-four thousand. Yeah. Sixty-four thousand bucks, and it's still playing. It scares the hell out of everybody. Scared me to death. That was a scary movie. Okay, so let's 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 do some hypotheticals. Like uh, uh, on a bucket list, who who is the person if you could make a movie with whether it was horror or whatever kind of movie it could be, who is the actor that that is on your bucket list, male and female, that you would like to work with? Michael Caine. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Oh, interesting. I met him. He's really nice. I met him too <laughs> at the Bistro Gardens. He was there with his gorgeous Indian wife, who's stunning. She was all in white. He was his back years ago. He was all in white. I was all in white, and I was with Perry Winkler, and she was all in white. So when we sat down, I said, "We all look like we either sell ice cream or we work in a crazy house." There you go. Okay, <laughs> so who's the, so who's the female? He's nice, Michael. What female would you like to act opposite? Michael Caine dressed as a woman. Oh, like in Dressed to Kill. Oh, that's scary. 
Wasn't he in Dress to Kill? He's the woman in Dress to Kill. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's that. That's uh, to me. That's one of the scariest horror movies like around because the ending of that movie like freaked me out. I I did say to him at lunch. I mean, not lunch at his table. We were there for a minute. I said, you know, why don't you work? I never see you work. Because <laughs> now you never see him. Not no, working. I was being sarcastic. This is Michael. Michael Caine taught me the one trick that has allowed me to work in horror. Don't blink. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. If you don't blink in a close-up, the power, and you can be truly be mesmerizing with your eyes. Only blink if you want to show weakness. It's a small thing, but well, it's so important. So now I've trained myself to be able to go eh, 90 seconds without blinking, and it's yeah. remarkably effective. Well, back in the 40s, all the actors were told not to blink, not uh, to, for an effect, but that's what it was. If you look at the old movies, you'll never see them blink. Right. For some reason, it changed. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Well, it but, was the realism school, right? I mean, yeah. when Strasburg, everybody wanted to be so real. I know actors now who say, I don't want it to look like I'm acting. I want it to look like a documentary. But I disagree. Oh, I think God, it's kind, of, no. kind of stylized, you know? Absolutely. I agree hundred. I agree with you 100%. You know, there's a thing, like, like Tippi Hedren said, uh, it's called, Alfred Hitchcock said to Tippi when she said something to him, darling, it's called acting. And that's what it is. It's called acting. If we're getting too realistic with this, it's no longer acting. It's photographing some crazy family down the block, like all these shows that we have. These they're, they're killing us actors in our business. Oh, these reality re shows. These reality shows. I mean, the most pathetic human beings they could dig up from the garbage pails of the earth, they have on film. That's and right. Great actors, you and so many wonderful actors are not working because of it. Well, and not you. You're working. You know what I mean? Working more. I mean, no, you're you're you are absolutely right. Yeah. When I go to auditions, I see people who were on series one and two years ago, and they're out looking for work because dramatic series are so limited now because reality just ate everything. Yes, and I hate the reality well, stuff. It's also, not any fun. Also, there are writers that we know. That live in uh, in Hollywood in Lake. Um, where the hell is it? Where Frank Sinatra where. used to live. You know where I'm talking about. Lake, Lake Toluca, Toluca Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have they're losing their homes mm -hmm. because they have no need. Nobody wants them. And they're right. writers. They and if I told you some of the movies they wrote, you'd drop dead. You'd say you got to be shitting me. Major Academy Award winning films, and these writers are broke. Because all you need for reality is an editor to create a false storyline. Yeah, what editor? Terrible. What editor? That's Some terrible. jerk that's stoned on drugs and he makes I everything cockeyed. I, I, I only, only reality shows. I do like the singing shows because I do work in the music industry. So like American Idol, The Voice and stuff. That's it. No, I when, I, like when, when I was clicking and I saw the 600-pound woman reality show where they follow a 600-pound woman through her day that she can't walk. And then they have the audacity to show her naked, where she just looked like a pile of blubber. It was the most nauseating thing I've ever seen. I feel sorry for the poor bitch, but, you know, don't eat. <laughs> no, that's my feelings. Honey, you, didn't, you weren't born a two-ton Annie. So you got that way because you're nuts and food is your life. Don't eat and you'll be thin. So I have no pity, but yet they make a show out of it. And everybody watches the 600 because they like to make fun of them. That's you right. See. And it's that's terrible. a sin. It's, terrible. it's a sin to make fun of a sick person. They're mentally ill, these people that eat. There's something but wrong with them. You ought to see the casting notices in L.A. If you're overweight and you're willing to appear in your underwear, 
you can work all the time. If you're a little person and you're willing to be humiliated, you can work all the time. It's all these the most base stereotypes. Yeah, it's terrible. I think Yet they terrible. won't have gay actors. So what do, what do you think of that? Hardly. Stan, Stan Zimmerman. You know Stan Zimmerman? Not personally. Yeah, I love him. I love, I love, love, I love Stan. Stan, if you're around, I love you. <laughs> I lose, Stan I do. Zimmerman wrote the first season, the of, first the Golden season Girls of the Golden Girls. And, uh, he is Gilmore a, Girls and a bunch of stuff like that. He's a talent. He's a comic talent beyond belief. He's a genius at his comedy. He's written a fabulous show, sort of like the Golden Girls, about four gay guys who are old. He can't get it off the ground because the Why? networks networks are afraid of it because it's all gay. It's all gay stuff. It's going to be a riot. Lesbian if anybody, neighbors. I mean, it's a riot. Guys, who, who do people think writes and creates most of what's on yeah. stage and screen? I, every, absolutely. Every, every queen I know. Every <laughs> queen I know. Every sissy queen I know. They're the campiest and the funniest, of course. But the straights don't get That's it. That's hilarious. Yeah, for some reason, I guess the networks, even though a lot of them are run by a Now, Fran Drescher, people. who I love and adore. You know who Fran Drescher oh, is? Adore, I adore Franny. My Franella. She had a great show on called Happily Divorced about her life and it didn't take it they got rid of it because it was too gay yet they'll put a 600 pound woman on with her legs open showing us her uterus and that's entertainment but Fran Drescher is not so this is what pisses me off about what the public wants the public is garbage sometimes and they want garbage would you I want you to write a book titled The Public is Garbage. Well, I would. I would, you see, because I'm 77 years old and at 77 years old, I have earned the right to say whatever I want. I've been on the planet longer than most and I've seen it turn to shit. From what it was gorgeous and wonderful in the 50s, 60s and 70s, I've watched it de- just decline and become where people are like who watches that? And those other things, those anti-gay guys, what are the, the beards? What are uh, they the called? Duck Dynasty. Di- we the don't duck like Duck Dynasty. Dynasty. And they're fake. They don't, they're not even, they're regular guys. They were Wall Street guys. And they grew a beard and decided to be hillbillies that insult gay people. What is wrong <laughs> with this world? You know what? I, I actually tweeted, because I'm big on Twitter, and I tweeted something about <clears throat> bad about Duck Dynasty, and I lost 50,000 followers, and I got death threats. Literally. No! Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got I death mean, threats all the time. It was just That's crazy. Great. So we've only got a couple minutes. Let's let's no, go. No, I want more. I like it. I know. Him. I know. We, but let's, let's, let's talk a little him. bit. So, so what? First of all, what do we got coming up? Anything that we need to promote that you got coming up? I hate actors who talk about the shit they have coming up, and I'm not going to do it. Okay, no, good. you are because we want everybody to watch. Oh, well, I, I like wanna, you. No, then I want to know what happened about Scream Queens, then, because I want to know if Scream Queens was fun, because I think that's actually a cute, campy show. Jamie Lee Curtis directed me. And she's wonderful. There should be more women directors. They bring something to the Absolutely. table. Male directors don't. But Jamie Lee Curtis, we went through the whole thing, and she showed me. She said, now, this is just a suggestion, but this is what I'm thinking. And so she, I, I did exactly what she said afterwards. And she, we finished the take, and she said, effing fantastic. And I said, Jamie, I did what you said to do. But she didn't say effing because I know her father really well. I <laughs> did. He did now, say she would, it. She would have no, said she... fucking, not effing. <laughs> well, not I know. Saying. No, oh, I well, said we, effing. Well, because Tony Curtis was a good friend of mine, and I know all about it. And yeah. Tony would never say effing. He'd say fucking. I say effing. <laughs> okay. So Scream, Scream Queens was a lot of fun. Right. They might bring me back on Criminal Minds to kill me, and they might bring me back on Scream Queens. 
And I'm touring my Bradbury show. And if anybody wants to be in touch with me, I love to hear from people on Twitter. Uh, I like to be in touch because when you're an actor, you get kind of isolated sometimes, you know? Sure. You Absolutely. Do. So where do you live, L.A.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're moving out to Palm Springs, so maybe we'll give you a buzz one day when we're out there. Palm Springs is lovely. I love Palm Springs. I lived there for years. Now we're moving back. Can't take the Northeast weather. I am so glad to have met you, too. This is Me, real too. I'm glad to meet you, but I'm serious. We're going to call you. I'm not bo And if you don't answer, I'll have you know Brooklyn people break your fucking legs. That's all. <laughs> I will answer. Yeah, otherwise your knees are gone, baby. You'll never walk again. They'll snap them on the curb. You said that, that so sweetly. <laughs> because because I've said it so many times to so many actors in my life. Your knees are gone, baby. We're knees actually gone. no, we're knees actually knees are gone. No more knees. Every every cool guest that we have come on, yeah. we tell them that we're going to do dinner parties once we get to Palm Springs, we have so, so everybody many... can meet each other and have a right. good time and we, just like we have enjoy. so many friends that we've met through our show and we've continued after. Even the fellow I was telling you about, the handsome ball guy, he's a good friend of ours, and uh, we are going to have little parties occasionally at the house and invite a select group of actors different kind each time you know mixed comedians with dramatic and these some of them are big names too they're not all you know like some of them are starter offers i got the old bags coming you know like uh arlene dahl and uh i can't even think of oh tippy hedron my sweet dear friend who i love i love my tipska She's the we bestest. Love all of it. Anybody out there that's got a couple of bucks, please send it to uh, Tippy Hedren. The, the lions cost a fortune to feed every day, and she's looking for money. Otherwise, she's going to be in deep shit trouble. So send it to what is the place called again? I forgot. <gasps> oh my God, her 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 lion facility. Just Shambhala. Shambhala. Look up Shambhala on your computer, and Shambhala. if you. Yeah, if you could send five bucks, a dollar, whatever, to Tippy Hedron, just say Tippy Ron Russell told me to do this, or he's never going to talk to me again. Go back to Bill. So, Bill, when you're on screen paints, because that's like young Hollywood, and sometimes young Hollywood's not always as nice as older Hollywood. Um, are yeah. they all pretty nice? Like, like, uh, just ask me: Is Leah Michelle was she kind of nice? Did you get to meet her? On Jamie Lee Curtis's set, everybody's nice because they have to be because she promotes that professional atmosphere. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, she came from two great, great, great. Oh. I mean, Tony and Janet Lee. Janet Lee, folks, was the gal who got killed in Psycho in the shower. Yeah. That's Jamie Lee's mom. And Tony Curtis is her dad. And yeah. uh, one, Okay, so that's a good thing. And one, oh, look, the doggy's moving. Poor yeah, doggy. I one other thing, too, like, okay, how is Stress to Kill? Like, I, I have not seen it's this. not bad. For an indie film, it's really not bad. You should watch it. Armando Sante is in it. Love him. He's crazy, and he gave me bruises. We had this fight scene, and he was like, I'm really going to rough you up, okay? I said, yeah, okay, that's fine. Damned if he didn't. How tall are you? Are you tall? I'm, no, I'm not tall. I'm like 5'9". You know, it's against the un union, you know, if he hurt you. <laughs> no, it was fun. Dante oh, gave me bruises. I'm I know, but if you complain to the union about it, oh, they'll give you all your medical attention <laughs> you need. I wear you guys, those bruises with pride. There you go. You guys, the movie's called Stress to Kill, and the byline says to reduce blood pressure after a heart attack, 
the guy kills everybody who stresses him out, and I think that oh, sounds hilarious. Sounds... So it's like a comedy horror movie, right? Yeah, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, like I, I, think it I say, hilarious. go after SAG whenever you can because you pay all that money out, you never get anything in return. So go come, sue, sue them, sue SAG. St- 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 Ron, I'm not that. suing SAG. I can't speak to that. <laughs> I love you, but I'm not suing anybody. Also, then we want to like to just wait. Get... Listen, if you sue. It's so hard to say Sue Sag. I can't do Sag. it. So we want. I, I want to do, do a little. But look at that picture of him. How creepy he looks. Well, that's what he's made up to. So disgusting. So I want to do a quick, like, little brag thing too. These are some of the people that you've done uh, that everybody will know that you've actually acted with, not including the, the fabulous cast. I think you're very of, cute. Not a, look how cute he is. Would you let me finish? Thank please? you. Good look. Not including, not including the cast of. <clears throat> Criminal Minds and the cast of Scream Queens because I didn't write them down, but he's worked with Dee Wallace, who she's been on our show, John Savage, Tobin Bell, which I want on the show. He's my favorite. Uh, Adrian Barbeau, Armand DeSanti, Roddy Piper's been on our show, Noah Hathaway's been on our show, Zach Galligan's been on our show, Naomi Grossman's been on our show, Emma Roberts. Oh, I put them in there, actually. Uh, Brett Rice has been on our show. I he's love a great Brett. Actor. Lo- Brett's my Hugh Jackman. Um, say that again. I- Hugh Jackman. Hugh does. He's, he's uh, Toyota's spokesman in China. And so I did an extended Chinese commercial with Jackman. Uh, I played it. Oh, he froze. Oh, no, he froze. He just Chad, froze. what happened? He's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. I'll tell you how wonderful he is to work with. And then I, I know you got to go. We, we did a turnaround, right? It's a two-person scene. Well, they shot his side over my shoulder. And then they said, well, we'll get a stand-in so you can go back to your trailer, Mr. Jackman. And he was like, no, I'm staying here and I'm feeding lines to Bill. And I said, like, wow, you, that's don't big. Have, you don't have to do that. He said, we're in the same business, and if it was me, I'd expect you to be there. Let's go. See, that's, that, 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 that's such a nice thing to hear, No, too. no, that's a pro. That's a professional that's a pro. who's in our business for the work, not necessarily the dollar. The that's ones right. that are in it for the dollar want to do as little as they can and get the most that they can in money. Yeah, but yeah. the true actors, again, bringing up Paul Newman, Paul would work for nothing if the part was good. He was an actor. He wasn't interested in the movie and the money. That's why he gave it away with his food and stuff. You know, all that Paul Newman shit they were selling. Yeah. He, he, he was not interested. He was, he was an actor. He loved well, acting. And I love was, you guys. I don't want to keep you, but it was great to meet you. Thank great you. to meet you, too. Everybody, listen up. Follow Bill on Twitter. It's at Bill Oberst Jr. His website is BillOberst.com. Please support all his films, indie and non-indie, and watch him on television. We want to thank you for coming on the show. You're fabulous. Best wishes to the recuperation of the dog. Yes. Um, Fox. His name's Fox. Yes. Uh, best, 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 best recuperation to Fox. Thank you so much. And anytime you have anything big you want to promote, just let me know, and we'll bring you back. Love to you guys. Bye. 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 See you in L.A. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. What a nice, nice guy. guy. And he's really very nice looking. He just, they'd make him look weird. But they did that with Boris Karloff, too. He wasn't as ugly as Frankenstein. What'd you think, Chad? Pretty cool. Another good guest. Really cool guy. Yeah, he's nice. A little, you know, frigid in the beginning, but he warmed up. Absolutely. We also got lots of people in the chat room. Drew King's in the chat room. Um, Sharon Leah was in the chat room. Congratulations on winning your music award. Yes. Um, I don't a know thousand that. times. The chat room was just going by too fast, so I couldn't. I couldn't well, see it. B Claudia joined us, so hey, B from Germany. Hello, hello. I wrote on Facebook about my event Friday, <clears throat> and I had a choice. You know, most entertainers we don't like to tell the public 
what we do when it's really personal, like going to a hospital for a procedure. It's something that we don't really like to say. But I thought it over and I said, you know what? Since I'm fighting ageism, this is a part of my battle, is to tell people that it's wonderful to brush your teeth so you don't lose them. But it's better to get an angiogram and find out if you have any plaque in your vessels that can kill you. When you grow older, at my age, which is 77, plaque automatically comes and your veins shrink, you know, from age. Everything shrinks. You can die very easily. You can have an aneurysm, any of the things. I went and had an angiogram, which I do every couple of years, and they found that I have uh, two vessels that are 70% clogged and two other ones that are 40%. The 70 ones that are clogged probably in a couple of years would have given me a massive heart attack and I never would have seen 80. So now I'm going in Friday to have stents put in. Stents are little coils they put in the vessel to open it up so that the plaque goes away and you get your full blood to your brain. Symptoms are swollen feet, calves that hurt, pulling on your front of your neck, not able to go up steps because you're out of breath, constantly out of breath, hard to catch your breath. When you're sleeping, sometimes you think you're suffocating. Those are the symptoms. If you have those symptoms, go to a heart specialist and get an angiogram. They will go in through your wrist. It's no big deal. They make a tiny little hole. They go in your wrist with a camera and a stent, and they look for clogged areas if they see one, they leave the stent there and they leave. There's no recovery. One day in the hospital because they want to make sure that everything is okay. And then you're home. I mean, years ago, they would go through the groin. It was a big deal. It was, you know, a lot of crap. Today, science has really um, made it very easy. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, seniors, to go to a doctor and discuss your heart. Uh, ulcers are one Not thing. Not even seniors. It doesn't have to be a senior. You have the symptoms <clears throat> well, most, and you're younger. You well, yeah. Through. Well, with all the garbage that like Jimmy eats, I think Jimmy doesn't have an open vessel in his body. <laughs> I think the blood just goes through like his head, you know? Eileen says that everything is good as long as your dick doesn't shrink. <laughs> no. It, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, your dick doesn't shrink. Eileen. Any, <laughs> anyway, um, it's a very serious operation, but it's not scary. So it can make you feel good. After you have stents put in, the blood flows to your brain. You think better. You're not as depressed. You don't get angry as quickly because you're not lacking blood in your brain. Uh, please, please, I beg you, seniors and everyone, if you're over 60, 70, 75, go get an angiogram. It could save your life and keep you around till you're 100. All right. So anyway, too, then, you guys, uh, you can hear us on every week on W4CY Radio, Wednesdays from 3 to 5 p.m. with the super talented Chad Murphy. Thank you. You can hear us on <laughs> Hamilton Radio in New Jersey, Monster FM Radio in New York, K4HD Radio in L.A., Jackalope Radio in St. Louis. We're also on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundClouds, iTunes, AudioBoom, Apple TV, Speaker, and Podbean. And on television, we're on Vimeo, Roku, and YouTube. Also, you remember last week, if you're in Florida or you're a big horror movie fan, since we're in October now and you want to go to the Freak Show Film Festival, Horror Film Festival, um, it's in Orlando, Florida, October 13th through 15th. You can follow them on Twitter, at Freak Show Horror, um, and you can get more information by going to freakshowfilmfest.com. 
Also, next week, we're going to have a special uh, short guest coming in. The guys from American High are coming in. Their album, Bones in the Attic, Flowers in the Basement. Uh, we're going to debut a brand-new video for them next week. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, on top of our two fabulous guests that we have. So uh, next week's going to be also an exciting week. And, um, Chad, what's the weather like in Florida? Mm, it's gloomy, rainy, a little bit of a breeze going on. So, yeah, that's what's going on. It's not sunny and hot. It's it, you can definitely tell it's cooling down about I don't know five or ten degrees. So we're getting out of the the summer. We're getting a little bit cooler weather, but it's still rainy. We've been in like the sixties, fifties, and sixties. Weather oh, has nice. been magnificent. Yeah, no clouds, blue skies, dry, cool breezes. You can wear a sweater. The weather here is fabulous. It hasn't rained in like a week and a half or two weeks, which is a miracle because <laughs> it rains constantly here. It's like Seattle. And I'm enjoying it before the horror comes, you know, the cold and the snow and the ice right. and the winds. But Jimmy and I will be in Palm Springs. We're planning on going for the whole winter uh, for uh, January, February, and March to, to get out of this bad weather. And we're going to hang with all of our buddies in Palm Springs. You're just so, going to start doing okay. the show out of their houses or what? Yeah, probably. We, well, we haven't got that part figured out no, yet. You know, a lot of my friends, they have beautiful homes with casitas. A yeah. casita is a guest house off the premises, nice. off the main house. And they sometimes rent them out for like 500 bucks a month. Hey, so, might be yeah, a good so, backdrop. Yeah, might be a good backdrop. <laughs> well, they have gorgeous pools. I mean, the homes are magnificent. Uh, the people I'm thinking of, their home is like two and a half million bucks. So mm. it's really a gorgeous uh, place. And the casita, of course, is exquisite. It's like a hotel. But anyway, uh, we'll see what we're going to do. We may rent some place, you know, for the three months. We don't know. We don't. We're not sure what we're going to do yet. We'll see. You know, we do a day at a time because, you know, our business things pop up. I mean, we could be interviewing uh, who? Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. I invited him on. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Could you imagine me with Donald Trump? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my. He'd kill himself. <laughs> he would kill himself after I got through with him. Uh, anyway. Oh, also, too, I don't know if I mentioned to everybody to tune into the Irish Ginger Show Mondays at 4 p.m., right? 4 p.m. Eastern time, Chad? Ooh. Irish, can you give me a time? I know that her time changed, <laughs> so I don't want to put out the wrong time. Thank you, Irish. There you go. Drew says you can stay at Airy Hall Studio maybe for $500 a month. <laughs> Whoa. $500. That's a good deal. Eileen says she's coming. I don't know if that means she's coming or she wants to come with you to Palm Springs. Which one is it, Eileen? She wants to come with me in Palm Springs. Oh. Yeah. That's both. Drew, I'll take you up on that, but I need to be in Palm Springs, honey. Although I am going to L.A. to interview all my old bags. <laughs> Those that are still alive. Actually, you know, Eileen just interviewed Mary Wilson. I love Mary Wilson. Oh, no, she said she was going to ask her if she'd come on our show. Yeah, so let's maybe. get Mary. Um, nothing in the world could ever take the place of Is that of the same Mary guy. Wilson from the mm -hmm. Supremes? Supremes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Wilson, she's cool. She's the nicest one. Bird song was good, too, but that bitch Diana Ross tortured Mary Wilson. She really, because Mary Wilson had a better voice, and Mary Wilson was getting popular, and Dana Ross couldn't stand it, so they had wars on the stage and backstage. So, yeah, I'd like to talk to Mary Wilson. She don't like Diana Ross I at all. Like, neither do you, so it would be like no, a bitch I don't, fest. I don't like <laughs> Diana Ross because she. I didn't like what she did with the gay people outside of the townhouse gay bar in New York. That's, Eileen says both, coming and coming. <laughs> I figured, I figured. That, that's our Eileen. 
But anyway, yeah, like Mary Wilson, because well, Patty LaBelle, whatever happened with Patty? Are we still going after her? We're still trying, but it's not working out very well. Why not? Mm. I'm going to go ring her bell, you know. Ring the bell of Patty LaBelle? <laughs> I know where she lives. She lives here in Philly. She lives on the uh, main line. I'm going to go get I go right up there, ring the bell, and say, okay. She looks so nice, so I think she means very, Mary Wilson was very nice. She is nice. But when I ring Patty LaBelle's bell and she answers the door, I'm going to say, okay, bitch, get dressed. You're doing our show because oh, I, yeah. I love you. That'll go over well. You know what? She probably would respect me and say, okay, honey, because I love Patty LaBelle. You know, otherwise, I'm not going to love her anymore. I'll divorce her. There you go. If she's not on uh, Patty LaBelle, if you don't come on our show, I'm not going to like you anymore. I just like your music. Anyway. Oh, I, I, I'm not. Uh, what? Oh, Drew says Eileen can stay at Airy Hall, too. And I don't know who user Maxaw is. It says, come on, Eileen. I think that might be Goddess. Goddess, is that you in the chat room? I think that might be Goddess. It's a great song. Yes. What absolutely. song? Dexy's Midnight Runners or something like that. But Dexy, yeah, that's a good song. Oh, yeah, come on, Eileen is a great song. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to stay at Janae's house and Drew's house <laughs> up in the uh, Drew. Hey, Drew, I'm going to stay in the uh, what's the face room? Lock your doors. <laughs> lock your doors. Chad says lock your doors. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the Taya Gill room <laughs> and break the Venetian blinds and smoke pot every night. Eileen says thanks to Drew. And she said that Mary Wilson was nice to Diana, but Diana wasn't nice to Mary Wilson. No, she wasn't nice to anybody, that little skinny bitch. I mean, you know, she was a mean old girl. She just was a, she, it went to her head. She was from the projects in Chicago, a skinny little ugly black thing. And then she became this gorgeous black icon of women. And then she decided not to like black people anymore. She only wanted to like white people. And she only married white people. I mean, then she thought she was white. And she had a problem. Now she's black again. You know, they go back and forth, these nut jobs. There you go. <laughs> no, but you know, that's what happens. She married a white count or some prince or some bullshit artist. I mean, you know, stick to your own kind, honey. You know, don't, don't think you're something better because you pick up a white. Pro I was married to two white people and they sucked. <laughs> Actually, Sharon Leah says uh, her producer produced her, which I don't know if she means Sharon Leah. I mean, if she means uh, Mary Wilson or if she means Diana Ross, but he says there's like photos and, and stuff all over the studio of where they recorded. Mary Wilson, I mean, I, I, I've seen the Supremes live at the Copacabana, and I saw Mary Wilson and, and Cindy Bird's song, and that's what they w was with Diana at the time, and Diana absolutely came forward and left them in the back and it was obvious that she was pushing herself and they were just backup singers and her attitude was like you're backup stay away and she just did the whole thing sammy davis jr was there that night also watching the supremes at the copacabana that's cool and uh, he was carrying on with diane like diana like she was such a star <clears throat> so chad i can't does it look like our next guest is online? But wait, I have oh. to say something in okay. all fairness. Diana Ross should have won the Academy Award for her portrayal of Billie Holiday. That was a white friggin' move where whitey white Hollywood wasn't letting blackies win. That was disgusting because her performance went beyond belief. Diana Ross is a better actress than a singer. And I will always watch her perform as an actress. I love her work. I just don't like her. And the other one she did, what's his name? The good-looking black guy. What was his name? The handsome one. She did where she played a model. 
Mahogany. Mahogany. She was brilliant in that also. But Diana Ross should have won the Oscar for Billy Holiday. The and chat it, room saying they'll buy your book. Well, wait a minute. If you haven't uh, read, if you, what, stop it. If you haven't seen uh, Diana Ross in Be Lady Sings the Blues, please rent it, get it, buy it. Sit back. You're going to faint when you see Diana Ross's performance. She was absolutely beyond brilliant. Yes, sir. Dave I have you says he just. Dave Hughes says he just sent Patty a message. I don't know how he knows her, but he <laughs> might because he knows a lot of famous people. Thanks, and, Dave. Tell, tell her to kick her ass if she doesn't. Come and on. Sharon Leah said that her producer produced Patty LaBelle, not Diane, not the other. Oh, one. I gotta have Patty on because I love her to death and I love her pies. You know, Patty LaBelle made these. They weigh like 50 pounds, these pies. They're so Ooh. delicious. Oh, they're good. You got to have a Patty LaBelle pie. That sounds they're good. They're all the recipes from her great-grandmother from the South, you know, like when they were slaves, and this is how slaves made food, mm. and it's absolutely delicious. Love so it. if that's slave food, you know, they should make a slave cookbook. Let's not call <clears> it slave cookbook, though. Hey, uh, Jim, I do have your next guest online. All right, let's go. Oh, do, do, What do you mean, do, let's do, go? <laughs> uh, so we need to like uh, play a song right while we're putting him on yo 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 uh, alright everybody so our next guest is Christopher Sluka the name of his band is Sluka this is number one uh, his second his single that he put out not too long ago off his new album and we're going to be talking with him so we'll go ahead and play the video for you guys now while we're trying to get everything set up so here everybody is Sluka number one woo
There you go, Jimbo, number one. All right, everybody, that was number one by Sluka off the album Colorful Radiation. It's out in stores now. You can get it at all the digital download sites. Um, so, Chris, just say hi real quick to make sure everybody can hear you. Hi, guys. There you go. That was perfect. Okay, all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, singer, songwriter, musician, performer, artist, and pilot, Christopher Sluka. Hello, and welcome to the show. What, that's it? You're not going to say anything more about me? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a beautiful backdrop. I was going to say that you're wearing a wig, but now I won't do that. <laughs> so, so. I'm just lazy. I just I never can cut my hair. I don't yeah, me, you know what? Women love hair. I used to have hair that long many years ago, and they always pulled on my hair. Do they pull on your hair when they want you to go certain places? Yes, they do. Why is that? They can't pull on your nose or your arm or your ear. They got to pull on your hair. Doesn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me either. <laughs> Hold on. We have to do introductions. So Eileen, Eileen, as long as they pulled it in the right direction. Right, Eileen? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Eileen's on Nymphomaniac. We, we gotta, she tunes in every week. We have to uh, do all our introductions. So everybody, now we want to um, introduce first. This is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. We met. He's a nice guy. Keep him on the show. Okay. <laughs> Then we got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Hey. You can't see him, but you can hear him. Hey, Christopher, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Then we have a chat room full of people. Basically, almost every country is represented, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, chat room. And then give a special shout out because Eileen Shapiro's in the chat room and she's like our I resident. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she, she's the nymphomaniac I was referring to. <laughs> but you like long hair. Yes, she, right. she loves it, so you got to like love it. She's crazy. She never told me about anything like that. What, that uh, she's a nymph? <laughs> oh, she, she's a size queen. She only likes big ones. <laughs> if you have eight or nine inches, she's yours for the week. <laughs> I'm set. <laughs> oh, you don't know what you just said, buddy. She's gonna haunt you now, and oh, she, oh, you, 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 you'll be sorry. All right, everybody. So first of all, tell us where are you calling from? Because you have a, it's like a, that's like a, your music room or something. It's beautiful. I, I, well, first let me just say I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Okay, it's really boring. I'm just really, really, really lucky. And uh, I live here in San Diego. I have a very nice house, very large house, and it's basically one huge studio. So this is one room where I have my piano and a few other things, a few other instruments. And throughout the house, there's different instruments. There's a drum room, an electronic drum room, a control room, a vocal booth. Uh, I use it for anything I want to. And it's, it's great for me because I can work 24-7 on whatever I want to work on. Whenever I get. Love it. I just love that. And, and tell everybody what the picture is to your right. It's everybody else's left, but your right. Who painted it? I did. So that's the cover of the new album. And it's out in vinyl as well oh my gosh i didn't know it was out on vinyl how cool is that <laughs> wait who painted who painted all the artwork on in your house i did. okay talk about the artwork above your head that's interesting that is the cover from last year's album introversions oh, so you I also did a, a wonderful review of and i really appreciated that uh, i was kind of laying low for several years and then introversions came to me and it just took off like crazy last year, which is a, a wonderful, wonderful surprise. Uh, just a little background for some people that don't know anything about me, which is most people. I was signed to major labels back in the 80s and early 90s. And it was a horrible, horrible experience as exemplified by what Prince went through. And I was 
lucky enough to have a lawyer who set up my own label. And so on my fourth album, I started putting them out on my own label, Steel Flower Music. And instead of getting a 1% royalty, now I get 100%. Right. Did they wipe you out like they did so many people? Was, we have so was, many uh, recording stars that we know worked their asses off and were robbed terribly. Yeah. You were and one of the victims? For expenses that have nothing to do with you, but they take it out of their, your so-called advantage. <clears throat> right. It, it was just madness. But I'm very, very happy because it gave me a start, for one thing. Yes. And me getting my own label. And now I don't have to sell many records to make a decent living. Exactly. It led to eight airplanes, a flight school, a beautiful home, wonderful right. state-of-the-art right. studio. Now, how about your love life? Nobody to share it with? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been married twice. I have oh. a wonderful daughter. We just went to see Imagine Dragons over the weekend. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, you are lucky. You have a child. That's the most important part of your luck. She's fantastic. And she's a wonderful artist, much better than I will ever be. I have to say, first of all, how cool it would be. Uh, my parents were significantly older when when I was I was adopted, actually. But like, I never had a parent who would be cool enough to take me to like an Imagine Dragons concert. And I think that your daughter, like, that has to be like the coolest thing ever to have a dad who like understands the music, likes it, you know, promotes it, and you get to go cool places, and you don't go to like you know stupid what, what shit. Sh what should I say? When I was a kid, there was a Second World War. Where the fuck were you going during the Second World War? <laughs> My father was going to take me to Dragons. No, we went to see Japanese, and we used to call them Japs. <laughs> kill the Japs! Kill the Japs! <laughs> Yankee dog, I kill you! <laughs> That's what my Dragon things He's were. He's 77, just so and you know. And Hitler, Hitler, good old Adolf, you know, would be on the screen. So that was my Dragons of the day. No, that was no good, but I think your daughter's... So when you say your daughter's an artist, she's a musical artist, she's a visual artist, she's a painter, she's what a kind of artist? She's an illustrator. Okay. Her, she would like to work for like DreamWorks, one of the animation studios, but ideally she'd like to work in the rock business now. Her, her first concert I took her to, she was 15, we went to see Marilyn Manson in New York. Oh, and fantastic. And that was it. She is set. And then after that comes Corn and Slipknot and Imagine Dragons. That's so, so funny. Like, I'm from Fort Lauderdale and, uh, and Marilyn Manson's from Fort Lauderdale. And the, one of the guitar players' name is Brad Stewart, which was my legal name. And so literally, first of all, we used to hang out. We all hung out at the same clubs when, before they were, like, super famous. Um, so we, I kn knew all of them then. And one of the guys, guy, the guy who killed himself, his name was Brad Stewart. And, uh, and so I would get phone calls at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, when I, when I was in my 20s, you know, all the time saying, are you the Brad Stewart from Marilyn Manson? You know, and I finally had to get my phone, like, you know, taken away, disconnected away. Yeah, well, so it's a good thing they didn't it. kill you by mistake. Yeah, uh, no, Marilyn Manson's awesome. He's just, oh, wait, uh, did you hear anything about the injury over the weekend, how he's doing? No, I didn't hear anything about how he's doing. I just saw it on Twitter because I'm happened? on Twitter all the what time. Happened? He had an accident at a concert. Marilyn? Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe he tripped on his high heels. He's very cool, though, actually, and he's he's really very introverted. And I read his book, and I don't know, like hanging out with. And there was a lot of famous bands that that are famous now that weren't when we were all hanging out together. But it was a lot of fun. And and I think if I had a, I mean, I'm gay and, and I'm married to Ron, but like if I would have had a kid at a young age, I would have been think it would be cool to take him to things like you get to do with your daughter too. I think that would be a really cool thing to do. We love to do it, but I think there's a lot of parents out there that would disapprove. Absolutely. <laughs> But those uh, parents go screw themselves. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so so let's talk. First of all, let's talk a little bit because you got a new album, Colorful. We'll go. We'll kind of like talk about all the things you do. But you have a brand new album. I think it's your eleventh studio album, Colorful Radiation. 
It's available now, and you just showed us that it's on vinyl. Is it actually in stores on vinyl anywhere? It should be appearing any day now. It was supposed to be available like two or three days ago, but the, the factory had a bit of a delay, which happens please, a lot with vinyl. But please, okay. please tell me. Vinyl. We had vinyl growing up, and we hated it because it scratches easily. The music doesn't sound as good as digital. Why are people buying vinyl? What the hell is that all about? It's a, it's a retro thing. It's that, retro my ass. It's death. <laughs> it's, it, it's also that having something rather large, and you can read the, you know, the writing on the back and the, whatever's on there, and it's more of a ritual, placing it on the, the turntable. And, Go away. How much are, How much is a vinyl today that album uh this one's going for 13 dollars. okay in my, in my day they were 295 <laughs> and you got johnny mathis or frank sinatra peggy lee doris day they were great singers and the vinyl was that then they had the 45 do we have 45 vinyls too i i've only had done 145 my very first record with a band called the words back in the day i mean how stupid is this going backwards with vinyl First of all, it's a status thing nowadays because an independent artist who can put their stuff on vinyl is like big shit. Uh, as far as, yes, because nobody invests in vinyl, in vinyl. I mean, it's expensive to do it. It's not an inexpensive ordeal. Um, it's very prestigious to have an album out in vinyl, especially what, if you get it's it it's recycled stores. linoleum. I know, but it's a very, I mean, it, I, I, I give you props for it. Working in the music industry like I do, I think it's the most uh, coolest thing like ever. And, and it's, it, it really is like, it, in a lot of ways, it is kind of like a status symbol. And the fact that your album cover is so cool looking and you look so cool on it. And the fact, I didn't know you painted it. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together because I knew you were an artist. But I, I actually love it. I, like, uh, I think the picture it's, is amazing. It's all the same thing. It all comes from the same place. You just try to express yourself emotionally somehow. And sometimes it's visually, sometimes it's musically. And that's also why we're doing these visual albums. Yeah, but picture this. You're drinking, maybe you smoked a little bull. You know, you're feeling good. And you want to change the record and you scratch it. You're screwed. <laughs> digital, digital, you sit there on the sofa, b bombed out of your mind. You don't even know who you are. And you have a clicker in your hand and you push the button. And it changes the music. Why would anybody want vinyl? Because it's prestigious. Wouldn't it wouldn't have happened in my day when I was a hippie? We never we would have used them as weapons and thrown them at the cops. <laughs> I love digital. But I will say, this last record I recorded old school just because I, I wanted that kind of authentic feel in terms of just doing from start each take one to the end, right from the beginning to the end of each take, each instrument. I, almost all of it was first takes unless I made a major fuck up. And didn't fix it with any no auto tune, no editing, none of that kind of stuff to like fix the any kind of problems. And I think it's so much better for it. It's and fantastic. Digital. Digital. I mean, he's just saying the way he recorded it, the way he actually recorded. Oh, I would like to hear them side by side. Digital and vinyl. There's got to be a big difference. Oh, it is. The vinyl is definitely not as good as the digital. No. I agree. But no. there is a demand for it, and I was the, the album's doing quite well, and so people are asking, "Are you going to put this out in vinyl?" And I got a lot of requests for it, so I was like, "Okay, sure." I mean, well, you know what? Kill, what what kills me is everybody's so into mid-century now in the 1950s with clothing 
colors, furniture, decoration, foods. Why don't they become the people we were in the 1950s? We were all true Americans. We loved our country. Nobody fought with anybody. Democrats and Republicans got along fine in the 1950s. And we were nice people. We were polite. We held doors for people. We said, thank you, may I? So if you really want to be a mid-century person, do all the things I just said, not just buy friggin' vinyl. So there you go. Fuck all of you if you didn't like what I said. Well, first of all, the chat room, there's a bunch of DJs. They're all saying that they like vinyl better, and they still DJ with vinyl, and vinyl is trending, and it is a cool thing, and I, I love it. So I think it's fabulous that you've got it. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, okay, so you got this new album. Um, first of all, because I, I, I read in your bio, it says that you know when you first started out, you did a couple of records. You were popular in Japan. Do you still go back to Japan? I've not been there in 20 years. I'd like to go back, and I get offers quite often, but I wanted to go back when I had a hit. Um, right. Maybe the album will start taking off, and I have something that I can really do something big. I'd rather not just do the small club thing. Right. Go back and go would, big. Would you do me a favor, pick up your guitar and play something for me? How about I have like an intro to number one? I want to make sure you know how to play the guitar, that you don't have somebody Actually, else. that's not a guitar, though, right? What is that? A ukulele. Lady. What? I had to learn how to do this for this one song. What is that? The, the uh, album came to me all in about three weeks, start to finish, everything. All the parts were in my head, the melodies, the lyrics, and the visuals that I wanted to do for the visual album. And it was just driving me out of my mind. I was in this manic frenzy, just totally, totally crazy. And... I said to myself, oh, I don't know how to play all these different instruments like the ukulele, but it didn't really matter. All I had to do is get the sounds that were in my head. So this is the intro. It's basically the whole song, too. So it goes, We make the sunrise. We make it shine. We know God's on our You know, you, you have a voice. You can sing. You ever think of becoming a singer? I was thinking that. <laughs> Maybe you Actually, could record a couple of songs and see how it flies. In the that was very sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah. To sing to a uke. And the song is about my fascination with societies, groups of people, individuals that are obsessed with being number one. Right. Even in the music business, they're obsessed with getting to the top of the charts and how long you're at the top of the charts. What has that got to do with anything? That's nothing That's, to do with talent. Exactly. Because they're not in it for the art. They're in it for the bullshit. That's like people that want to be actors. You say to them, well, what's the reason you want to be an actor? I want to be famous. I want to sign autographs. They're assholes. You're an actor because you want to work. It's no joke being an actor or a musician. Look at you, one-night stands, all the broads that throw their panties at you. You have to <laughs> bang them all. You know, you got groupie chicks like Eileen Shapiro that follows Adam Ant. She'd, do, she'd blow Adam Ant all night long if he let her. <laughs> She's going to faint. She's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I love you, my Eileen. I no, love you. I, I think it's true, though. Don't listen to Eileen. So, fame, <laughs> let me talk about that for a second. So, yes. I'm not going to name drop, but I have met quite a few famous people, right? And the one thing in common is it absolutely sucks, fame. And 
I have been strongly advised to walk that razor's edge between the necessity to have publicity for your work that you're trying to do and avoid those temptations of getting sucked into that whole fame thing, which is part of the reason why I'm in San Diego. I just love San Diego, and it's far enough away from L.A. I don't have to deal with all that, and I spent a lot of years in New York City. And, and it's beautiful. I mean, San Diego's gorgeous. Absolutely. It really is. My, my it's sister, completely opposite of my music. <laughs> my sister lives in La Jolla. Oh, cool. Very nice, near the water. I actually think that... Uh, because one thing about you, because like I've read every review that's been done on on your last album and this album, and I've uh, listened. To, I haven't listened to the last album, but I've listened to this album exclusively and extensively, and and you have a lot of comparisons. And people, I mean, not it's not often that people get compared to the people that you get compared to. You know, like so most of the time, you know, you're compared to some band that sucks. You know, when people actually talk to you and write about you as Sluka, uh, the musician, they compare you with David Bowie, the Beatles, Coldplay, Radiohead, the Killers. I mean, these are all like, you know, top-notch, mega, like it doesn't get any bigger kind of like people, which is such a compliment to you and the music, first of all. I do. But I certainly don't try to be anything like them. They all do their, their own thing, and I'm just doing my own thing, whatever, you know, those voices that get in my head. Well, I think, too, like, I haven't seen you live, but since we see the live footage in, in a lot of your videos, um, I would imagine that your live show is something for people to really see and, and something that, you know, people would take away a lot from by seeing you perform live because it looks well, like you're a great how performer. How about we, we find out where he's performing? We will in a minute. <laughs> I would like to, like I said before, I'd like to get a tour set up. Eileen even spoke about setting something up in the U.K. for December. And I'd love to do that. I know the band members would just love to tour. Uh, and the radio has been playing quite a bit of number one as well. Actually, the first state to really start playing it, uh, number one, was Alabama. <laughs> radio stations in Alabama. And I'm wondering if they understand that I'm being sarcastic when I talk about we're number one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you know, the old story, if it works, leave it alone. <clears throat> don't play with it. But are you coming east? You're going to be in New York at any period, you know. I do go to New York quite often, uh, but uh, I have no plans right now. I've been so immersed in finishing up the 3D aspect of the visual album. The 3D is so fantastic. I mean, you've got the sword waving at you, and it's just coming right out of the screen. It's just all these wonderful things we did with the 3D. And, and that's uh, available soon, right? When is that coming out? November 3rd. So hey. the, the, the Blu-ray is on Amazon now for a pre-order. And already it's selling, which is terrific. I mean, that, talk about it, encouraging it. Remember, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. There so, you go. so you have a new song, Rise. Uh, yeah. The video just came out a couple days ago. And everybody in the chat room, a lot of people know who you are, I guess, because they're saying Rise is a huge hit. And uh, so tell us a little bit about Rise, and Chad's going to get it ready, and we're going to play it for everybody. Oh, cool. Uh, there's a couple songs on the album that are my reaction or response to what's occurred in this country and worldwide with these populist movements. And Trump was obviously the, the obvious person we're talking about here, but I'm not so much concerned about Trump as I am about us. Who's, Tr who's Trump? No, no, Donald Trump, the president. Oh, is that what his name is? <laughs> and I, again, I find it fascinating, like number one, about people being obsessed with being number one or this obsession with making a slogan like make America great again or whatever and being attracted to that. That's not how you make America great. America is an ideal. It's something we strive for that we may never attain. But 
forget it. I, I'm not a political artist, at least I never was until now. And the song Rise is about us rising up, not so much to resist, although some people seem to take it that way. It's about we need to get off our asses and solve problems. You cannot just get some quick fix charlatan who's going to say, hey, buy the snake oil and all your problems are solved. Or right. I'm the only guy who can do it. Oh, good. Problem solved. Now I can go off and stare at the sunset at the beach. Now, nah, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got to do their bit. At least vote. That would there be you go. There you go. So Everybody so did vote. And look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're getting into all the discussion about the. Now, no, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that discussion. <laughs> I, I want to like. I play had to make that comment because everyone did vote. I want to talk. I want to play the actual music. So here's what Chad, do you have it ready? Hi, Captain. All right. So Chris, what I want you to do is you introduce the video. We're going to play it so everybody can watch it, and then we'll talk for a few minutes when it's over. All right, everybody. This is the new video and single from the album "Colorful Radiation" by me, Christmas Luca. And it's called Rise.
There you go, Jimbo. There yeah. we go. Everybody should. I, I, I don't, that, hang on, I, wait, you guys. Wait. That was slow. I, I don't know why, but it sounded, reminded me of the talking heads. Hmm. Okay. For some reason, it, it, it was a talking heads, and I love the talking That's good. heads. That's a good song. I like that song. Everybody, but, that was Sluka, and the name of the song was Rise, and it's off the album Colorful Radiation that's out on all the digital sites now, and it's coming out on vinyl any day. Nice sword. And, and, oh, and there's the sword. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rise. Well, I don't know if you can tell, but so I'm on this flatbed truck propped up with these little straps and things. We're going around San Diego, and I got a police detail in the front and behind me, and the sirens are going off, the lights, and everyone, all these San Diegans are all just looking like, what is going on? And here I am, under police protection, <laughs> waving this sword at people. <laughs> it's just, you it's just so much fun doing that. They're, they're lucky they didn't shoot you, think you were another one of these nuts. <laughs> people. <laughs> So, I had to ask, you guys are okay with this, right? Because I'm waving a sword at people in public. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's better, better than waving a gun. True. <laughs> do but, you? Do you? So you you played every instrument then? Yes, except for uh, Ro, the keyboardist. She did the uh, female vocals, and uh, another drummer I work with from time to time. He did some overdubs on a couple tracks. But, but basically, uh, you play like a million instruments. <laughs> I don't play any of them well, but I play them well enough to do the songs that I want to record that are in. Like I said, it, it gets into my head. I don't really write songs down like some people do. It's more like when you get a song in your head, you can't get it out. It drives you nuts. That's how it is for me with songwriting. So I get the song and I hear it's like, okay, the bass is doing this, the drums are doing this. And rather than try to explain it to somebody and not get what I want, it's much easier if I can just go in, practice it, and get what I want. I love it. First of all, I think it's unusual. It's very cool. Everybody in the chat room is saying they loved it, too, by the way. I like that song a lot, but I'm not allowed to say why because it's against Donald Trump. And Jimmy and I cannot have any kind of political opinions because if we say we love the song, we lose all the Republicans. If we say we hate – what is the other way? Anyway, we could lose – Who cares? If we say Fuck we it. hate the song, we lose all the Democrats, you know? You know what well, I mean? So we, ha we have to lay here and say, we loved the music. <laughs> well, I, I love the fact that Donald Trump's pictures flashed in it. Right. We can't support. Anti-Trump. This is about people. We've seen what's happened with this election. And I was for Hillary, okay? But I wasn't enthusiastic for Hillary the way I was for Obama. But I was still for Hillary. She was a competent politician. I thought she would have done a fine job. Trump was the anti-Hillary, and regardless of how you feel about either one of them, we can do better, and that's my point here. We Absolutely. need to get better politicians, applicants, people that can work for us. Yes, I want, I want to run for office. I would make America really great again. All straight people would be in corp it, put in prisons, hey. and, only, and only gay people would rule the world. And if somebody was straight, we'd beat them up, make fun of them, call them horrible names, not give them jobs, kick them out of their apartments, you know, just to well, make it even. Gay people, yes. You know, all, yes. The stuff that, all the stuff they do to gay people, I'd like to do to the straight world, especially those that say that we're insane and they throw us off roofs and they kill us. That's an issue that really uh, should be addressed. Absolutely. The, the way that gay people, I just read something on the we got two minutes, so you computer go. yeah. about that they, they wanted to make gay illegal again, make it not, you were not legal if you're gay. I mean, what the fuck are they, crazy? <laughs> uh, this all goes back to evil happens when good people do nothing. 
Absolutely. And that's what Rise is about, basically. That's it's a, it's a good about. song. I, I like to dance to that song. It's got a good beat. <laughs> I love it. I love playing the bass on that. It's got the yeah. nice groovy bass. I, I like the part when it goes boom, boom, boom. I like that. So we've only got two minutes. So first of all, everybody, uh, if you want to go to Christopher Sluka's website, you go to www.sluka.com. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Sluka Music, and Sluka is S-L-U-K-A. The name of the album is Colorful Radiation. It's available on all the digital download sites. Like I said, the vinyl is going to be ready soon. And the 3D, to explain, you have it in one minute, explain the 3D thing. I just wanted something completely immersive because I, I love technology like we like digital. I love technology, and there's nothing more immersive than 3D. I realize a lot of people won't be able to see it that way. At least not yet, but who knows in the future. And I also, this album goes from song to song like chapters in a book. It really is a complete story. It's yes. not just individual songs. And if you experience it that way from start to finish with no interruptions, you'll get an experience that I hope is emotional and will last with you. And, it's, and I always have to say, this has never been about me. Sure, I'm an egomaniac. You have to be a little bit. But it's never been about me. It's about finding something that anyone can relate to, that they can find sustenance to, that they can turn to for something in their life. Sometimes you just need a good cry or a good laugh. And sometimes you just, love just it. dance your ass off. I love it. All right, everybody. Or you need so a good burp. You'll, be, you'll see. You'll see <laughs> us promoting it when it comes out in its 3D format. You guys uh, follow him on Twitter. We want to thank you for coming on the show. I think the music is fabulous and everything you do is fabulous. And maybe we'll have you when uh, when the 3D thing comes out. Come on for like a little 15 minute spot where we and, can like promote it for and, everybody. And, and do me a favor when you're appearing in New York, comp Jimmy and I a ticket, and we'll come and see you. I get one of you. The other one's got to pay. <laughs> what? what is Attaboy. He says he'll give it from one of us, but the other one's got to pay. Love no, it. No, come to two comps. Say hello to your daughter. We got to go because we're out of time. But thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody in the chat room. Thanks so Love much. Love your for song. Love your song. It's a good song. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Chad, you're a rock Bye-bye. star. Everybody, have a great weekend. Yo. Bye. Later, fellas. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.